You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Hey, 26er family, welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and we are back finally with Extraordinary Occurrences. And here with me is our illustrious producer, Demarcus Adisa. What's up? What's going on, yo? So we have been off schedule uh, with Extraordinary Occurrences, and we we put it off for a couple of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, let me just say this, these extraordinary occurrences episodes are starting to feel like Groundhog Day, like just the same kind of narrative for every single one um, and, and not really having due to what's been going on with us personally over the course of the last year, not really having uh, anything new to say. It, it's just like different developments, but sort of same results. So, so that's been hard. This joint is like staying alive occurrences. <laughs> <laughs> Extra irregular. Oh man, just trying not to end up on a cycle at this point. Right. It's been a lot. Been a whole lot. So so we put it off for as, as long as we could, but you know, you can't build a whole show a whole show on humanity and vulnerability and putting your fragility on Front Street and having your guests do that uh week after week and then you hide in a corner when extraordinary occurrences is, is overdue. So here we are. Alas, here we are. We have arrived. So you want to tell the people what's been going on? Um, so, you know, uh, back in January, uh, our father passed away. Um, and that has been an ongoing saga, um, kind of the unfortunate event that keeps on giving um, for the past almost two months. Yeah, for six weeks. I six think. weeks, yeah. Yeah, six weeks. Um, yeah, and, and you know how how we think about death in this country generally is like you know you you learn that someone has passed away and there's that week of calls and when you're not in COVID visits and all the things that happen and then you have a service and everybody goes back home and people, you know, who it has affected the closest, most closely, they're left to sort of deal with their grief. Um, and we have been hanging in the balance right. for six weeks um, because we have not yet even funeralized our father so that that's not happening until uh, a week from now. So there is a lot that has occurred um, in the last month and a half as well. So on the one hand, it's just dealing with the gravity of everything, right. um, but also feeling like you don't have the space to start grieving yet. So it, right. it's almost just like being in purgatory. Right. It really is like being in purgatory because like you said, since the funeral hasn't even occurred, you don't even get that part of quote unquote closure. And I know a lot of listeners are probably wondering like, how could, you know, mm-hmm. a funeral not occur if he died six weeks ago? But you have to understand um, that our father actually lives in Jamaica and things run a little bit different there with different systems and set up. So personally, can go two months without being buried down mm-hmm. there. It's much different than America, you know, usually, even though, even though I will say with COVID going on, people have been pushing funerals a little bit further out, but normally within in the U.S., within two or three weeks of somebody dying, they are in the ground. And that's long, cre- right? Crem- cremated. Right. That's long, uh, even in two to three weeks. So, so yeah, we've been grappling with that and trying to and we, I mean, we haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg of all the details about this. And I don't know how much you want to get into. Um, 
I say we just talk and we'll redact anything that needs to be redacted. Yeah. So, um, and I, I say redact not because I'm I am ashamed or feel any any sort of way about how I feel. I know that I'm not only speaking for myself. I'm speaking for my sister, my mother. I'm speaking for my father's family and certain things. As transparent as I may want to be, it's just not the right place or time to say mm-hmm. certain things. Right. Um, out of respect for people. Right. Who may not even offer you that same respect. Exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, dealing with um, handling things from another country, right? And everything that comes with that and just the customs and things and the bureaucracy and things uh, moving a lot more slowly uh, somewhere else. Unfortunately, this is not a situation where our father just passed away. So when somebody dies at the hands of another. Right. There are investigations that have to happen and autopsies and that process can be different um, somewhere else as well. So this has been a traumatic six weeks. It has been. And, I, you know, I think it's in part because it's another country. So I don't still like think that it has all the way set in that father was actually murdered. He didn't die or, you know. You know, fall down, get in a car accident. Like, no, a group of men assaulted him and attacked him and his injuries led to his demise. So they essentially killed him. It's just a lot to take in. And I think, again, it's just a little different because he's like a thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's wild. I think also in a grand scheme of things, um, just having the, the conversations back and forth um, that you, you, you know, um, that you've had with different people, you realize like how the justice system is not the justice system here. Like, um, you know, they didn't even really have an investigation until our cousin got on the phone, who's a police officer down there and was like, hey, this is what happened. You guys need to go ask around. Did they secure a scene? Like, you know, that's normal things here when someone's murdered. Um, and it just didn't happen there. And I think not to get off subject, but a lot of times we take for granted like what we have in the U.S. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is not perfect by any means. I'm not an apologist um, for it, but like we have access to certain things and certain privileges that people don't have in other countries. Like imagine someone being beat down severely in the streets here and nobody does investigate. They just take them to the hospital and that's the end of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that has added a layer of stress, as you can imagine. And, you know, people may hear this and be like, wow, they're talking about this very matter of factly. But we've been sitting with this for a long time, right. you know, at this point. So um, and by no means over it or healed from it or have had any closure, um, but have gotten to the point where we said, OK, let's press record and, you know, and and talk about it and, and press record without an agenda. <laughs> no notes um, where we really are just freestyling this episode. And it's interesting to have people who have come on the show and talk and they've spoken about all manner of things. Right. Um, but it's different when. It's now us. Right. And it's fresh. It's not this is not something that happened 10 years ago, five years ago. This happened a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it's still ongoing drama that comes along with it. Constant, constant drama that comes along with it. So, uh, yeah, there's no healing. There's no healing right now. There's no feeling like, okay, let's find a new normal or what have you. It's it's literally still being in the in the thick of something. Um, But. 
not having a life that's set up for you to put everything on pause until you can find closure. So I think the both of us are just emotionally, physically, mentally, just exhausted in every way. Right. Exhausted in every way. And what's crazy about just the time that we we are living in right now is we're not the only people dealing with loss that we know. So it's like people are supporting you and then you got to support, turn around right. and offer condolences to them. It's just so, so much. A friend of mine's father passed away a week ago. Yes. And, you know, I just got that news about another friend right. two, two days ago, two nights ago. Um, so it, it's been a lot, you know, and, and we are committed to no missed episodes. <laughs> uh, and thankfully, we've been able to drop episodes consistently, uh, even though this has been going on. Uh, But it got to the point where we had to say, all right, we have to record, you know, this week. And um, so it's it's been hard. You know, I I would be lying if I said that I'm okay. You know, I I feel like I'm living somebody else's life, like in somebody else's body. I don't even know how to really describe it. Right. It it is. It's. It's very hard to describe and break down to people how you feel because it's not it, none of this is normal. Murder and killing is not normal for most people. Um, um, so you don't expect to have, you know, you know, a family member expire in that way. Nobody expects it. But it also is a different layer when you already have a strained relationship with that person. So it's very confusing. Um, so, you know, people may think, oh, you know, they sound all right, a little indifferent. It's when you have a fractured relationship with somebody, their death makes everything complicated mm-hmm. because, you know, that man was my father. He was our father. Um, there's things about that man that I loved, um, qualities about him that are great, but there's also aspects of him that just, I'm trying to fi- figure out a, a way to describe it with being respectful, but I just detest it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, we had a, we didn't have the greatest relationship. Um, we spoke here and there, but so it's what, when somebody dies, what's the word abruptly, just suddenly out of nowhere, there's no closure. There's no anything really. You have to kind of find that for yourself and figure out how you move forward. Um, and I think that's what, you know, some people may not understand. Some people may get it, but it's it's very different when you have a fractured relationship with somebody. And some something that's, you know, damn near uh almost not repairable. Um, um, because of, you know, whatever issues that our father had. Um, you know, yeah. And, you know, um, well, first of all, let me say this, because I think people sometimes get confused because we have different last names. Right. But we have the same parents. Like, let's just make that explicitly clear. Um, The same mother and father. Our parents were married. (laughs) (laughs) My father is my father's name is on my birth certificate. Yes. So let's let's make that clear. You obviously made a choice. Right. And we now have different last names. But like people sometimes get confused or they think maybe I was married and now I'm divorced or or something. Right. And that's why we have different last names, but same parents. Um, but, you know, it's a couple of things that have come up for me in the last couple of weeks um, that I didn't really think about. And one thing is what you said, you know, and, and you you had mentioned that somebody had asked you how I was doing and, and you told them that I'm probably going through my, my own process because I'm older than you. And I I, I had a different relationship, right? right, When I was very young, which is true. Um, And something that my therapist had brought up, which I hadn't really thought about, um, 
is, you know, you, you mentioned that there were things about dad that you detest. At the end of the day, he was battling his own right. vices and demons, right? Without getting into all of those details. Um, and had been living in another country for a, 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 the last few years. So, um, but it's true. Like, I, I know this version of our father, but I also know another version and I have very fond memory. It might've been a finite short period of time and there might've been things going on with our parents during that time as well. Um, But I do have certain memories that I look back on with joy. Right. So it's, it's reconciling that piece with what I know the last three decades to be also. That's hard. But one thing, the thing that my therapist brought up is, you know, I was talking to her about it and, and saying a lot of what you're, you're saying now, like is complicated. And she said that the observation that she made ever so astutely, and this is why I'm such a, a proponent of therapy, is she said, when you have had a complex relationship with a loved one and they pass away, the grieving process is actually harder, actually more traumatic. And then when you add the layer of what we're experiencing and how he passed away, because it's calling up all this unresolved stuff. So you have all these unresolved issues. You may have had a subconscious hope of the relationship to be healthy at some point or reaching some sort of resolution. Any any chance of that happening is now gone. Right. Right. So is that is that layer? It's the layer of just straight loss, loss of the person who helped get you here. Right. right. Like you you have their DNA. They're a part of you. So there's that. Um, it may call up issues that you have buried and didn't realize they were still there. Wounds that you didn't realize were not healed. All that stuff will be called up. You may be grieving the 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 parent that you wanted that you didn't have. Right. So there's so many different competing things that are happening. And when you are trying to manage all of that and also just the logistics of trying to lay somebody to rest in another country. Right. It's just crazy. Like, I don't even I don't even have the articulate words to, like, really describe it other than to say that it's literally just crazy. So I may not be good as good with the description in this episode as I normally (laughs) as I normally am. Um, But because it's just it's literally just too much. It calls up, you know, in my case, 32 years worth of things. Mm -hmm. And to your point, you know. I don't want to paint. I'm not one of these people who's like, yo, my dad never this, my dad never that. Uh, you know, my dad did good things. I can remember him popping up at grandma's house um, on Stephen Avenue, taking me to Red Bank and buying me a bike one of the happiest days of my life. And like kicking it with me, making sure handlebars was right, the seat was right. And like, I love that bike. Somebody ended up stealing it. <laughs> but I, I but I love that bike. And like, that's a fond memory I hold. Um but then there's the times that you were let down. It's very conflicting. It's, and, and to your point, like everything, all these things, um, you think there's certain things that you're over, that you've come to terms with. And it's like, nope, don't wounds is back. It's like cancer or something like that. Ah, this thing is back and it's right. thriving. And you have to figure out like how to navigate that and um, the things that you want to do moving forward. It makes you think about your own mortality and your own purpose. Like, and I've said this for years, but like, I'm never the the negative aspects of my father. I don't ever want to be like that. I don't ever want to leave this earth and leave people um, with that type of grief if it's within my control. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think, you know, what I'm struggling with as well is just 
having all these details, right? And they're heavy details. So some people know, some people don't, right? And and so trying to navigate what is really an extended, complex, nuanced grieving process. And I'm sure some people are like, okay, like this is grief, but something else is going right. on here, obviously. And trying to set appropriate boundaries in terms of like what I have the capacity for, what we have the capacity for without necessarily volunteering all the details of people and like just trying to get them to understand like, you know what, things are still a bit crazy over here, not available for X, Y, and Z. Um, And that's it. And people really not understanding that because they don't know the whole story. And then also like, I still have to lawyer. Right. You know, we, again, this is not a society that's set up for you to be on bereavement for multiple weeks. And thankfully I um, have, I work with really supportive people and, you know, I'm I'm able to navigate this in a way that other people may not have the luxury of doing. But also, you know, I'm I'm a black woman, so I feel the pressure to stand and deliver and rise to the occasion no matter what. Even under these unusual circumstances, extenuating circumstances, I'm like, I can't. I'm feeling like I can't fold. I can't be like, oh, I've, I've got to take a leave of absence, you know, to pull myself together. I don't feel like I have that that right or that luxury. And I know the logical part of me knows that that's irrational, right, right. to feel that way. But when you've been socialized and conditioned and we are as a culture, we are conditioned to stand and deliver, pull yourself together. You know, it's hard, but you got to get back out there. This is what your loved one would want. Just keep going. You know, so I've been grappling with that as well. And the so in in the addition, in addition to everything that's going on, just trying to get through the day and like handle responsibilities and appear, quote unquote, normal while doing it is exhausting. It is exhausting. It's exhausting. And then you got to deal with other people's nonsense on top of it. Right. And it, it at times, this may sound crazy. It's like we, we all strive to do the right thing and to be upright and to be strong. But like, when do we get to be human? Mm-hmm. And at times, I'm trying to word this without <laughs> respectfully, y'all. Um, at times, like, you know, every person has their breaking point. Like, and I, sometimes I feel like, why do I always have, why do I have to be the bigger person mm-hmm. with certain things? Why do I have to be the person that conduct them the, themselves in a certain way in a time like this? Um, mm-hmm. Because people, death makes people do crazy things. And then you also realize on the opposite end, it's just some people are not, don't have the social awareness for certain things. They don't realize the things that they're saying, the things that they're doing, what they're triggering within you. And like, you have to be patient with them. I had people, all this going on and people badgering me to do work for them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, can you, I know you're grieving, but can you help me with this? It's like, do you understand what's what's going on? And you worried about a goddamn video? Like, I just lost my damn father and you want a video done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, it's not even like this is important for anything. This is something like super trivial. You're like, hey, I know you're grieving, but can you deliver? And I did deliver on all my obligations, but it's just it 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 made me want to be unprofessional, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't. I don't but, know where I'm, I'm going with this, but but you know, it's it's just the it goes to just the range of emotions of what we have been dealing with, and what I have found 
is the same people who are telling me you need to be kind to yourself. You need to rest. Give your time to heal. Give yourself time to heal. Some of those same people have come back and asked me for legal advice. So it's like, well, which one is it? Am I supposed to be kind to myself or am I supposed to give give you what you're asking for, which is a complete favor? This is not something I'm being paid to do. Um, So which goes back to my earlier point of like, we're just we live in a society where we're not conditioned to give people the space to do that. Like we we may say it in theory that this is what people deserve when they're going through a very traumatic experience. Um, but at the same time, culturally, we don't really we, we're right. just about moving on to the next thing. And I think, too, when people see that you can respond to a text message or you can have a conversation and you don't necessarily sound like you're circling the drain. The assumption is, yo, you're good. You're good. Exactly. But what people don't understand, like, some people are used to performing. You're used to having to be strong. Mm-hmm. We didn't grow up in no Joe Jackson-style house, but, you know, my, my my mom is a loving, caring person. Our mother's a loving, caring person, but it wasn't a household for self-pity. Mm-hmm. We went to school sick. Like, if you could get up and get out that bed, take that medicine and get on that bus or get in this car, you going to school. And I mean, and I think <laughs> that's not exclusive to us. I think that's like cultural, right. just black families, because your parents are not just telling you that that's how they function. Right. There's a lot going on. You're going to work. You have to. Just as a culture, most of us didn't grow up with that freedom or, you know, it's and it all goes back to just generations. Right. You know, you don't we're not and it's in our DNA to get up, make do what you have to do to make it happen. Right. Period. And um, so there's some of that, I think, playing into this as well, of feeling like the pressure to do that. And it's not the first time we we talked about this, you know, in the last year. And I, I was like, this has been a reoccurring theme. The literally. Few episodes going yeah. back to last February. Going back to died. last fe- February. Literally, we've been talking about loss for a year, um, which is crazy because it's just reflective of what the world is going right. through. And ironically, none of the loss in our life, li- our lives have has been linked to COVID, but just just crazy amount of situations. Um, so yeah, it's 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 that as well. It's just so much sensitivity in that it's been so many weeks, but this is still so fresh for us because there has been no point of moving on to the next chapter or phase of this. We've just been living in the middle of it, you know, and and I think what's been hard for me is having no control over the flow of information. So, and this is what happens when you're dealing with something happening in another country and it's all these people involved and family you don't even really know that well and whatever. So I was just randomly having dinner one night and I got a full autopsy, the results, you know? And and so not being able to filter that information or, you know, to prepare yourself for it is, it's like experiencing trauma over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's it's wild because, you know, people, <laughs> you might not want me to say this, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. People may feel a certain way about you and think a certain way about you within our family. And it's not all good, <laughs> but it's, it's crazy to me that when all this jumped off, everybody went straight to you. 
I didn't get no calls mm-hmm. except for one, you know, one cousin went to everything. All the information went straight through you. Like, can't fix this. And I'm just like, yo, this is this is wild. This is deal with and to bear on top of everything else that's going on. You still grieving another uh, friend being lost. Yeah. And, you know, and I think without without getting into all the gory details, and I think anybody who listens to this who's of Caribbean descent will understand this. Um Culturally, when you have families that are fractured, West Indians particularly can choose sides. And we are half American. Um, Our parents have been divorced for a long time. And I feel like certain factions of our family picked a side without any details or whatever. So the the other layer of this is dealing with this loss and having to communicate and interact with people that you either don't really know that well or you just don't really rock with because they have perceptions and judgments about you that are not even accurate. Um, and we all know that when somebody dies, oftentimes there's drama. And oh, and whatever is in that family and unresolved in terms of issues or disagreements or discord, it just comes to the surface. And none of that was because of us. Um, and interestingly, people don't seem to want to confront us directly, but it, it's it's interesting. And I think what's been really hard for me and is is the fact that we have had to be the bigger person, number one, but also people who have feelings about us and feelings about me. But you want me to save the day at the same time. It's the craziest thing in the world. So I feel like I'm I'm trying to manage my own grief, but I'm also in crisis management at the same time. Which I get it in the sense that like I have some kind of label on my forehead that that happens a lot. Um, but and I'm generally able to manage that. But this is probably the first time, if I may be completely vulnerable and honest, this is the first time in 39, my 39 years where I feel like it's too much and I can't do this. But having no choice but to do it. Right. With your help. Right. And you better than me. I'm going to just say that right now. You better than me because some people I would have told to go to hell straight up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I it's... Without again, without giving away too much, it's like the things that you've done and how you went about yourself over these past few weeks reminds me a lot of not only our mother, but our grandmother. Right. Because they both have that type of patience, even though they get angry. I don't have that in me mm-hmm. when it comes to certain things. And I love y'all. I love y'all. I say, y'all think I be playing. I say it all the time. Like, I will go to jail on your behalf if need be. So to hear some of the things and see some of the things and then to see you turn around and be like, now nah, we got to help. We got to do this. I'm going to do this, this, that, and the other. I'm just like, I can't do nothing but commend you. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I think it is just DNA written. It's just so much of who we are is based on what was modeled for us. Right. And... Yeah, this is who Nana was. This is who our mother is. It's who our aunts are as well. Right. So if this is what has been modeled for you as a woman, it, you know, and I, I, I think because of who I am and where I'm situated in my life and all this other stuff, there are certain boundaries that I'll set that our grandmother would never have set. Right. right. Um, and also because I saw the toll that it took on her of just giving, 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 you know, for almost seven decades um, and how it left her so depleted in the end. There are certain things that I don't want. Right. But then there are other things that are just embedded in me, you know, and at the end of the day, I feel like that, no matter what the history is, no matter what I've witnessed as a child and experienced as an adult, 
that man is my father. Right. And there are certain things that have to be taken care of. And people may feel differently and they may fly off at the mouth, but we are next of kin. And when when things got difficult and it got complex and it got expensive, they were happy to give us that title then. Right. You know, and and so um, for me, I, I just and also I'm a person who above all else, I'm going to find my peace. And if finding my peace as quickly as possible means that I got to be the bigger person and just take some stuff on and project management, manage it and come to a solution, that's going to get me to peace quicker, then that's what I'm going to do. Um, and that's what I've been trying to, you know, hold on into the the midst of all of this. And honestly, I was like, in the people kept asking me, people, you know, kept saying, hey, how are you guys doing? Can we do anything for you? You know, in those first few weeks, people were like sending food here right. and wine and flowers and all this other stuff, which was great. Um, and after a while, there are certain friends that I have that are still asking. Right. And I'm like, we're okay. Like, we're just taking it day by day, moment by moment. And um, I was just rolling with that, right? And obviously feeling, oh, no, I'm not as productive as I normally would be, obviously, because I'm tired. I'm not sleeping well at night. Neither of us are. Um, there's a lot going on. Of course, I'm not at 110% like I normally am, but... I'm getting up every day and doing what I have to do, right? right? So for me, I felt like that was coping pretty well, you know, under the circumstances. But then when I re- what I realized is every time I would get like an update or a text or, you know, a phone call, I would immediately start breaking out in hives, immediately. And... So I'm like, okay, clearly I think I'm doing relatively okay, but my body physiology is saying something different and I'm reacting in a very real way. That's not the first time that's happened to me. So I'm like, okay, you know, take an antihistamine and keep it moving. Um, And then I had been dealing with insomnia before this. Mm-hmm. It's been a stressful 12 months, you know, and, and particularly in the last six, it's just been a lot going on. I've talked about it on the show, losing a friend before this, just that and managing real life. I made a career move. I bought a house. It's just been a lot of life events happening on top of this, these deaths as well. Um, so I kept saying like, ah, I don't really feel like myself, but taking it moment by moment. And I didn't plan on talking about this on the the show. Um, but I think it's important to, to mention because I think removing stigma within our communities with regard to this is important to me and something that I'm passionate about as well. Um, but I, of course, I'm very open about the fact that I have a therapist and she's been walking through this with me week after week. And I was telling her uh, some of the symptoms that I was experiencing, but I didn't identify them as symptoms. I was just saying, yeah, you know, I don't feel like myself. My productivity is down. I guess that's to be expected with grief. Um, But I'm also having memory issues. Uh, I I feel like my short-term memory is shot. I don't know if something happened yesterday or three weeks ago. It's like time is moving at a different pace. I can't remember pieces of information. I can't remember people's names. Just all these things, right? And I'm just thinking... Okay, that's because A, I'm overwhelmed. B, my brain's probably slow on the uptake because I don't know the last time I've had a good night's rest. Uh, So I was just kind of attributing it to that, those things. And she said to me, 
you what you're describing, she asked me a few more questions. I won't get into everything here, but she said everything you're describing uh, are telltale signs of depression. Mm. And you may not recognize it as that as a, she didn't use the word layperson, but I assume that's what she meant. But as a therapist, I'm telling you. And she said it has nothing to do with clinical depression or something that you're, you inherently have. But the, the number of external stressors that you have encountered, not even just in the last few months, but just the last six weeks alone is triggering this. And when you add the lack of sleep to it and all these other things, like this is serious. And despite the severity of the loss and everything that has happened since and everything that we're still dealing with, I wasn't I wasn't putting that together. Right. I wasn't putting two and two together there because in my mind, I'm like, we get up every day. We do what we have to do. We're talking to people like we're checking in with each other. There are things to still manage around this house. You've, you know, you've been grilling like, right. you know. Depression don't exist in our community. Right. <laughs> like, I, you know, we exist. don't name it that. We right. say, oh, I'm having a tough time, but I'm just taking it day, yeah, by, day. day by day. You know, pray for me, girl. Like, you know, that's right. the way that we talk. And when she said it, I bristled. I was like, what? Me? Ain't no way. <laughs> exactly. Like, and that's not. I went through another difficult period of, of time in my life where another therapist had said that just for, again, that moment in time. Um, so to hear her say, though, like, nah, everything you're you're talking about that you think is a result of you not being able to get sleep and whatever. No, like it's depression. And uh, on top of it is some anxiety mixed in there. And we might need to talk about how, how you manage this in the short term. And I said that I was like, listen, that's not culturally that's not what we do, right? As much as I'm always supportive of other people uh, seeking help and all this other stuff and where we push it here on the show, to hear it for yourself, though, directed at you is different. It's like, wait, what? 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 You know, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I, I was using all of those words to um, to describe it. You, you would never hear me say I'm depressed, even though it would make sense <laughs> under the circumstances. Really? So I've been I've been grappling with that um, in the last few days. And it's it's honestly hard to talk about on the show, like because the whole show is about you know, being extraordinary. And while we've said sometimes being extraordinary is just being still um, and doing nothing and self-care and all that, being being extraordinary on an ordinary day is not always about being highly productive or manifesting a vision. Um, I think the next level of this for me is being extraordinary can mean uh, acknowledging your own weakness and having the courage to say, you know, I'm all of these things I can produce. We do this, we do that, we do that. On top of all that, or despite despite all that, I am not okay. And sometimes being able to admit that and sit with that and say, I need everything to stop for a minute. Like I just need to press pause. Sometimes that takes more courage than trying to, to rise to the occasion in spite of everything else. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out what healing looks like for me, what closure looks like, uh, what this year looks like. Cause also feeling like uh, I don't have a year to just sit around and do nothing, right? right? I'm 39 years old. There, there are things that I want in life, and there are things that I want to accomplish that unfortunately are on a time clock. 
I don't have all day. Right. You know, so what is taking care of myself look like? What is being kind to myself look like? What is being still look like? What does just kind of coming to a halt on a lot of things uh, and finding my peace and moving through this very difficult season look like? What does that look like uh, against the backdrop of like still very much wanting marriage and family? And, and not to mention that we in the Panasonic. <laughs> in the middle of pandemonium <laughs> as well. In the, middle, in the middle of a planetarium. Right, exactly. And, I, and you brought up a good point because that's part of what is making this even more difficult because no we're outlets. just stuck. There's no outlets. We haven't. You seen one friend. I drove to Myrtle Beach for a few days to see another friend. Um, but and, and can I just give a shout out to my boy Sancho for yes. one for one moment for popping up on me? It's one thing for people to call and this, that, and the other. It's a whole nother thing for somebody to jump on a plane. Like, now nah, I got to see you for myself mm-hmm. to make sure you're good. Man, I love you for that, Jay. Yeah. And I mean, you know, what's interesting about my situation is I went to go see a guest from the show. Right. That I didn't even know, haven't even known for that long. Um, I don't know if she wants me to shout her out, but shout out to son Sarah Johnson, former guest of the show. We That was the first time we met when she came on the show, but we have a really good mutual friend. Um, so we continued to keep in touch after, and I was in the process, uh, in the middle of a weekly webinar that she does. Um, so I just told her, you know, this is what's going on. And she said, why don't you just come down here? Just come down for a few days. I live near the beach. Get away. I'll cook for you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to bring anything. And at first I was like, no, I can't do that because I'm not leaving my brother. <laughs> so um, thanks for the invitation, but you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to work that out. And then Jason decided to pop up on you. So, you know, I let you guys have a guy's weekend and, and I... Uh, I kept it moving, but I think it's something to be said for people in your life when something is this heavy. A lot of people stay away, separate and distinct from the pandemic, right? Because the, the reason why most of my friends are away is because of that. Right. Um, but even in normal normal times, I think sometimes people stay away because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. And it's a heavy situation. And if you've ever sat with someone who's experienced a traumatic loss, you know, it's literally a dark cloud in the house. The energy is heavy. Like it's a whole situation. So people are afraid of that because they don't know what to do and what to say. So when you have people in your life who find a way to support you and say, yeah, I, I need to lay eyes on you. I need to hear your voice and make sure you're okay. That is rare. And that is a gift. It is. It really is. Cause we had a good old time. Oh, yeah. I, I, I could tell by how tired you were when I got back. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's the other side. I want to get that out before I forget. It's like times like these, you also get to see um, you're reminded. It's not that you get to see because we see it all the time, but you're reminded about the people that are in your corner, the extended family that you have, the people that love and support mm-hmm. you. You forget that sometimes. I mean, times like these, people rise to the occasion and you're like, yo, you know, this may be going on over here, but I still have a community. I have a tribe. I have a village um, that loves and supports me. Yeah. And I mean, shout out to our 26er family. We've heard from several former guests of this show mm-hmm. who've offered their condolences. And I feel like if I start naming names, I'm going to forget people. Don't do it. You don't forget people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Somebody going to be listening like, what? <laughs> I sent eight text names. Shout me out. So let me not do that. But 
you know who you are and, and all of you who continue to support this show and, and all of that and who have reached out to us personally. Thank you. Um, and it's people have sent these really help, heartfelt messages and sometimes a response from us. Just thank you. And it, just please know we've just been overwhelmed. Uh, and it's 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 hard to find the words. Um, it's it's been really hard to find the words. But um, I, I am we always say, you know, there's family by blood and family by love. And there we we both have developed villages um, of people who are not related to us, but really care. In the last few weeks, despite what may be happening in our actual blood family, right. um, there are many people who care about us and who have really wrapped us in love and support even if it's from afar. And that has been great and um, has been helping in this process tremendously. Tremendously. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for the first time in my life, though, like I, as much as I feel those, what I mentioned about feeling like I don't have a quote unquote year to waste, that is real. That That's a genuine feeling. Um, but outside of that, there's still a part of me that feels like, you know, for the first time in my life, I just need to be gentle with myself and let this process run its course and realizing that we're dealing with a portion of this today that could look very different next week after the service or the week after that. You just don't know. Um, But being open to go through it, no matter how difficult it is and heal from this properly, Um, because I'm not one for unnecessary baggage because I haven't focused on my internal wounds in a way where they are able to heal in a healthy manner. So that's what my focus is. Um, and listening to my body, listening to my heart, my paying attention to my emotions and planning my day accordingly. And just because of the way things work, the irony is that opportunities are popping up, um, you know, with regard to the show, me appearing on other shows, because that's just life. You know, the yin and the yang. It would happen, it would happen now. Um, so we're trying to figure out how to navigate that. That reminds me, I owe people like responses right now. But um, yeah, so... And I've just decided that, like, if that's what we're going to be doing, then a part of that's just going to have to be being honest, you know, about what's really going on and what I'm experiencing, which doesn't feel comfortable as much as we draw it out of other people on this show. <laughs> it's different when it's you. It's different when it's you. And um, so I'm trying to figure that out. But uh yeah, just taking it day by day by day. And it's also different when it's the truth, but it affects other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think I never really thought about that until now, because it's like it's things that you want to say, you want to do. But having respect for people, even again, I'm, let me reiterate people that don't even offer you that respect, mm-hmm. but having the wherewithal, like I got to think for the both of us. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Right. Exactly. So. Even on this episode, we've we've centered ourselves quite a bit. Um, I do feel a bit muzzled just not being able to say, you know, exactly everything that's happening. But that's for the best. Plus, when we blow up, I'm not trying to get sued for defamation for some episode <laughs> from like three years prior. Now you're thinking something. <laughs> um, but it's been hard. It's it's I like to think that we're genuinely good people that people think highly of. And um, we have a lot of supporters, a lot of people in our our, our corner. Our name is good in the streets. OK, in these right. streets, like people know. And so to be in a situation where you're just being painted in a light that's just completely inaccurate based on assumptions that people are making on family history that they know nothing about is hard. It's hard. It is. And I, I think what I realized, like through all of this, and it's something that I'm trying to come to terms with. It's like I thought 
I was a cer- at a certain level of maturity when it came to certain things, but I'm not. Like, I feel like certain times I felt like boyhood levels of anger. And that's dangerous mm-hmm. as a man. That's very dangerous. It's one thing, like, you know, to get angry. When you get angry to the point, like, your ears is burning and you feel like you want to put your arm through a wall, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And you got to figure out a way to, like, channel that. But again, like, to what you were saying earlier, everything that's happened, it's um, it just reopens a whole bunch of wounds and things that you thought you had closure on. Like they like, nope, we back. Mm-hmm. We here. Back like we never left. So, yeah, that that has been <laughs> whew, really hard. Uh, I'm just trying to let the Lord fight our battles right now. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's crazy because in spite of just all of this, in spite of all of it, I, I still am looking at 2021 like it's not a wash. Like I still think some good is going to come out of this year. You know, I hope we get back outside at some point. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to hold on to that glimmer of hope that things are are still going to look up before it's all said and done. Um, but until then, we might be moving slow, but we're moving. Progress is it's slow motion is better than no motion. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that's where I am. You have anything to add? I ain't got nothing for you, but love. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, to our listeners, I I feel like, oh, the energy has just been so different in these last few extraordinary occurrences. But this is also our real lives. Right. And that's what these episodes are about. That's what they're about. So maybe I lied because I think there's a lot of, you know, and maybe I can't even I can't speak on the next person's life. Some people can get out there and perform and present to the world. But we're real people, real lives with real ranges of emotion. Anybody that knows me pretty well knows my temperament. I'm not about to be something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. I can perform for a little bit. I can't do it for a long time. So if we're building a show on authenticity, this is just authenticity. If you don't like it, you got the right to cut it off or <laughs> go somewhere else. Right. I mean, some people may be like, this is a downer. But, you know, like being extraordinary for us right now is literally just walking through a complicated grieving process. That's it. Um, and I know enough to know that we're not the first, um, to experience trauma (laughs) and to experience trauma as seemingly well-adjusted people and having to figure out what that means and how to get out there and live your daily life in spite of all of that. Um, so I think it was important to, to talk about it and, and to let people know what's really going on and where we've been, um, especially because they may have only known we had a loss. I think I alluded to it in last week's episode, um, but really providing clarity onto why this process is is so different. And also, I want to say this because there are things that we are planning. We put out those Avery Sunshine episodes, mm-hmm. which got recorded in the middle of all this pro- this this drama. Um, and there are still things we're planning with regard to micro content. And that may come. That may that may still pop off, but it doesn't mean that we're not still grappling behind the scenes. Right. So you find your moments of lucidity, you find your moments of, of joy or bursts of energy where you do things. But I think we both know that behind the scenes, this is going to be a process because it has called up so much stuff 
that goes beyond the last six weeks. Um, it goes way back. So we've got to deal with that, you know, and, and, and that experience is different for each of us. We, we each have our own stories and our own journeys that have to be worked through. Um, so that that work will be done. Maybe we'll talk about it more at, at some other time. Um, but despite all the heavy content, I hope that there was a lesson in this for somebody somewhere. I hope so. I hope so. All right. We'll we'll know. We'll look at the numbers. If people, if the bounce rate is high, if people just press stop after the first five minutes, <laughs> we'll know. It was it was a bit too much uh, for most people. But we consider uh, our hardcore ride or die listeners. We consider you all family. So we wanted you to know. We wanted you to know um, what we're going through. So with that being said, listen, we're still committed to not missing episodes. So interviews will be back to that. They'll continue to be released. We have um, a whole plan for micro content and other things that we were supposed to launch at the top of the year. Clearly, we have pressed pause on that, but we're not uh, completely walking away from it. So that's coming. Please continue to rock with us, support us, tell somebody about the show. We appreciate all the prayers and positive thoughts and all the messages that we've been getting. Um, but we promise you guys that we may be a little fragile now, but we're, we're, we're moving forward. And at some point, we'll be back full throttle, bigger and better than ever. For sure. With that, like, share, subscribe. You may not want to share this episode. I don't really know. But there are a ton of others that you can share as well. So if you enjoyed the show, tell somebody about it. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.